applying God's Word to every aspect of life. This is Theology Applied. All right, welcome back to another episode of Theology Applied. This is Pastor Joel Webin with Right Response Ministries, and today I have a very special guest. We have Pastor Doug Wilson in Moscow, Idaho, joining us, and we were actually going to be talking about tone and the importance of presentation in content. I think what we're saying really matters, but how we say it matters also. Um, so we're going to go that route. Um, but kind of last minute, I'm throwing an audible and uh, Doug is gracious enough to oblige. So we're going to actually talk about um, what we're seeing, I think right now in 2020 is a mass exodus out of blue states into red states. Uh, I'm currently in California at the end of this year, my family and I and about um, close to 20 other adults are going to be leaving the Response Church in San Diego, California. We're going to be going to Texas, where I was born and raised, uh, to plant, Lord willing, a new church and, uh, and try to experience uh, more freedom, uh, more protection of our rights, and ultimately try to produce more uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ and, and soil that we think might be a little bit more fertile and might uh, yield a better crop. And so Doug's done a lot of work on this. Um, he was actually influential for me personally uh, in a conversation that I got to have with him over breakfast in Moscow uh, earlier this year. And uh, he was urging me to go to leave California. And that was before COVID-19 even uh, was on the scene. So I assume that his opinion has probably only increased. So without further ado, uh, Pastor Doug Wilson, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Sure. My name is Douglas Wilson. I'm the senior senior minister at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, those of you who know what Idaho looks like, it doesn't look like Iowa. It's not Iowa. Idaho has a uh, panhandle um, uh, up north, and that's where we live. We live up in the chimney of Idaho, and I've been the pastor here for 40 years plus, uh, so I've been here for a long time, and um, uh, I write and I blog and uh, do other stuff, so that's the, that's the main thing. Great. Uh, you write, you blog, you pastor, and you get into trouble. I feel like that should be on your on your yeah, resume. Uh. Yes, but that's what the other people do. That, yeah. I get in trouble, but it's the other people who get me into trouble. That's right. It's not it's not whether but which. Huh? <laughs> so, um, okay, so let, let's go ahead and start with this. This is kind of um, softball, uh, tee it up for you. But what what are just uh, let's go on both sides before we you know make make a strong argument either way. Just to be fair to both positions, both sets of convictions. Uh, what are some good reasons for a Christian to stay? in a state like California at this time? And what are some good reasons for a Christian to consider leaving California? What, what would you say? So the, the first thing I would say is that you can't come up with a one-size-fits-all uh, right. uh, scenario. Uh, in other words, when Sodom was going to be destroyed, God wanted everybody to leave, right? Everybody's supposed to leave. Uh, that's not the case necessarily in times of cultural disarray, which is what this is. We're, so what we're dealing with is not fire from heaven or California falling into the sea, at least as far as I know. We are dealing with fire. We are dealing with fire in California, just not fire from heaven. <laughs> I might change my mind about some of that at some point. But yeah. when, when God sent the angels he, uh, to Sodom, he wanted Lot and his family. Everybody was supposed to get out. Uh, absolute down to the last person or in C.S. Lewis's um, uh, great book, That Hideous Strength, where everybody 
uh, everybody who was favored by the Lord got out of Edstow, you know, every last person. Uh, Jesus tells us when you're persecuted in one city, flee to the next. But that doesn't mean that absolutely everybody has to, right? right? Uh, there are some times where a person should stay and go into harm's way, like the Apostle Paul did when he went to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So uh, Agabus was giving, um, a prop- gave him a prophecy that you're going to be arrested, and Paul goes to Jerusalem anyway. So the first thing I would say is that this is a decision that every servant of the Lord has to make with regard to his own guidance, his own family, his own circumstances, his own history, what he believes God is calling him to do. So um, if God tells everybody to get out of Sodom, the person who hangs back is disobeying. But when you're leaving California, you might be leaving California in obedience and someone else is remaining in obedience. Right. right? So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it into, uh, uh, you're disobeying God if you're not coming with me. But I would say as a general rule, um, people know how to get in, come in out of the rain. Mm -hmm. So, um, the refu- the refugee columns generally know which way to go. Right. All right. So right. Uh, just just for example, uh, here in uh, Idaho, if you if you look up um, U-Haul rates, mm-hmm. what it costs to rent a U-Haul to go from Portland to Boise, as compared to Boise to Portland, there's a it's a uh, it's ninety dollars one way. And nine hundred dollars the other way, right? Okay, and that's because U-Haul doesn't want trucks driving back empty. empty. That's right. right. They don't. Want, uh, so they've got to adjust the, the costs and 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 so on. Um, but that tells you what direction the traffic flow right. is. You 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 mentioned uh, six hundred thousand annually, and then with your governor doing insane things like right. outlawing uh, gasoline powered automobiles. 2035. Yeah. By 2035. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you think, man, um, are, are you trying to chase people out? Yeah. Because, I think so. because that's what you're doing. That's what you're mm-hmm. doing. Uh, so, um, basically uh, what I would say is that people are going to make decisions that have to do with their primary responsibilities. So, uh, your primary responsibility is as a w- would be as a husband and a father. Uh, another primary responsibility would be as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, those are primary responsibilities. Secondary or tertiary responsibilities would be things like, I've got a great job with this company and I like the benefits. Right. Well, that's something to take into account. Well, if I move, if I move my family. We'd have to start over, and I'm not sure. I'm sure not sure how much of a challenge that would be. I think I can run the risk of staying here. It's only five more years until I retire. Those are the sorts of cost-benefit analyses that individuals can undertake. But they should. Everybody should undertake that that decision-making process, understanding that blue states are uh, the blue states are under a heavy governmental mismanagement and a god-hating approach right to life so mm-hmm. if you if you remain you need to remain with your eyes open 
Mm-hmm. If you go, you need to go with your eyes open. Yep, that's good. Um, so part of part of my thinking with this is, you know, we always have. I, I remember one of your um, one of your blogs. You said like, it's it's um, permissible. It's fine to leave a state like this, um, provided that you have reasons. And so, in terms of reasons, one one of the reasons for me is, um, you know, we we should always as Christians have a theological framework, some kind of theological a conviction should be driving us. And so, for me, some of the convictions that I've come into. Uh, because of ministers uh, such as yourself that have really challenged me to think more deeply on certain topics. Um, so one thing for me is uh, kind of uh, coming into more of a, a, a Kyperian persuasion versus a two kingdom idea. And then, um, and then you know, I'm, I'm probably optimistic all mill, but, but um, a, 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 I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy who probably be, a, give me five years and I'll probably be post mill. So just give me a little bit more time, Doug, but I'll, I'll probably be there. Um, definitely, definitely uh, think more highly of all the, the all the post mill guys is just their position. Like, yeah, I want, I want that position. I'm just trying to get there exegetically. But that said, um, if you're more Kyperian, if you're more post mill, optimistic, all mill, um, I guess what I'm getting at is this. Uh, when, I, when I thought, when I was 23 years old and thought, I want to plant a church and go to California, um, I really wish some people would have stopped me. Um, and, but God was, you know, sovereign as he always is. I got there. Uh, God does things providentially, even through the foolishness of men. Um, I, I don't think that I, I thought, I, I think I bit off way more than I could chew. I wasn't really uh, prepared. Um, I, I don't think it was thought through. Uh, but my thinking at the time was, um, this is the heat of the battle. Uh, you know, Texas, where I grew up, there are churches everywhere. California has far less churches. There's more of a need. Um, but I was thinking through the lens. I, I look now in hindsight, I was thinking through the lens of um, so much of it was saving the lost, saving the lost. And as I've grown in my, in my theology, um, I never want to get to a place where I, where I desire to do anything less than seeing the lost come to saving faith in Jesus. But at this point in my life, I don't want to do less than that, but I want to do far more. I want to start schools. I want to start, uh, I want to have a church where people are starting businesses and owning property and buying homes. And I would like for our church, which we've tried for 10 years to own property and still can't accomplish that, that goal um, because of, it's just, it's very, very difficult. So for me, I think um, a big part of it is, you know, a, a, it's not like I'm moving on from the Great Commission. I just have a better understanding of what the Great Commission entails, teaching uh, people to obey all of Christ's commands. And so because I actually want to, uh, I, I think Phil Johnson said, I want to engage culture the way that David engaged Goliath, right? So it's not like I don't want to engage culture. I just want to engage it with courage and, and I, want to, I want to win the culture. I want to take over, uh, not win friends and influence people, but I actually like, I want to go into battle and I want to start schools and businesses and publishing companies. The things that you guys have done so well in Moscow, I want members of my church to be able to own property. I don't want them to be regulated at every single turn and corner with business, all those kinds of things. Because of that, I, I, I'm wanting to leave California because I want, it's not just fleeing for safety for my, my children, my wife, although that's part of it, but it's, I, I want to do a lot for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so for, for me, I guess, I guess my question is, am I thinking properly there? Cause I feel like a lot of the arguments that I hear from Christians to, to be somewhere like California, it's a missionary mindset which I accept, right? Because if you're going to say nobody should be here, then we got to stop sending missionaries to Russia. We got to stop sending missionaries to China, right? Because by that principle, you just have to say any oppressive, you know, tyrannical place, we just don't go. So certainly there's that missionary mindset. 
and, and certainly we want to win the lost and, and the gospel thrives in, in oppressed locations, uh, under persecution. But at the same time, I just, I want to do more than win the lost. I, I want to, what do you, what do you help me with that? So one of the first things, uh, yeah, we, we want to win the lost, but one of the first things you want to make sure is that you don't, uh, lose the saved. Mm. Right. So, right. uh, and that means who are your, uh, here, here's a fundamental question. Who are your grandkids going to marry? Yeah. Okay. Who are your grandkids going to marry? Uh, you, and this is related to culture building, community building in a place where it's not against the law to, to build a Christian community. Mm-hmm. When you do that, when you have the freedom to build a community, you're, you have the freedom to build a staging area. So when when Eisenhower was preparing to invade Normandy, he didn't send soldiers over in onesies, twosies. Mm. There was a massing staging area where uh, where you could. I, I believe that we should be thinking of California and be thinking of Illinois and be thinking of New York. But if you want to take something on of that magnitude, you should have people uh, staging. You know, resources, ministries. Right. So what we're what we've been doing in Idaho, um, I'll, I'll put I'll put it this way: I've had far more of an impact on California, living in Idaho, than I think I would have had I moved to California. I'm proof positive. Yep, <laughs> that makes yep. sense. So yep. if, so leaving California is not the same thing as writing off California. Right. That's good. That's okay. Helpful. Uh, what, what you're doing is that you, you've uh, invested time there. You've got people you love there. Right. Um, you don't forget about You don't move to Texas and forget about them. Uh, what you do is you start sending resources. You start, um, is, is there a way to um, transplant your, your social media ministry? And mm-hmm. can you focus on places like California? Mm-hmm. Uh, Radio-free blue states, right? <laughs> right. That's good. That's helpful. Um, with with this fleeing, all right. So there's certainly uh, the Bible gives uh, a framework. It's permissible for Christians to flee, uh, provided they have reasons. Um, but I've been thinking. This is another thought that I've been having lately. I wanted to pick your brain on. But um, there's fleeing to safety. But there's also like for the Christian, there's fleeing to the fight. And so I'm I'm kind of looking at the lay of the land. Um, Texas is not as red as it used to be when I was growing up, um, which is sad. Um, and so I'm, you know, there are redder states that I could go to and, uh, more conservative places, but I'm looking at, you know, places like California, places like New York, deep blue. Um, and it feels like, and I'm just curious if, if, if there's a better way to think about this, it feels like, like when I think of, um, well, I think of your dad. Um, when I, when Jim Wilson and the, you know, the strategic point, the decisive point, you know, something that's, it's winnable, um, but it's also would be significant if it was one, right? We could, you know, Manhattan would be really significant, but I don't know if we're going to take it. And then, you know, Timbuktu, you know, with 250 population, we could take it, you know, in two weeks, but uh, what, what would it mean, right? So that, that concept, you know, thinking strategic about the Great Commission and about evangelism, all those things that your, your dad did a really great job and you've kind of carried that, uh, that baton. Um, that being said, um, there are the deep red states, there are deep blue states. Um, part of the reason I feel drawn to Texas is one, my family's there, extended family. Uh, I, I want my kids to be around grandma and grandpa, all those kind of things. But two, 
Um, I think of, you know, the battle of Bunker's Hill. I think like, it feels like the decisive point. It feels like, um, it feels like a place where it's, this is the thought I keep having. I keep thinking of revelation, um, strength, strengthen that which remains and is about to die. That's how I think of Texas. I uh, think, uh, you know, strengthen that which remains is, and is about to die. And so part of me feels like there are safer, there, there are states that would have a better refugee camp that the Californian could maybe go to. You know what I mean? Than Texas. But Texas feels like, man, if we could get some reserves, some Christian reserves, um, maybe we could win this. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Uh, what you're highlighting is a, a huge problem because, and we're facing it here in Idaho as well, because we've had massive numbers of Californians right. uh, coming here. And one of the problems is there's a certain category of refugee who's fleeing something unpleasant, mm-hmm. but he doesn't understand the source of the unpleasantness. Right. He's going to vote. He's going to vote blue in a red state. Right. He, he wants to get out of the blue state. Right. And he wants to get out of the blue, blue state because of all the blueness. But then he goes to Texas and he votes like a Californian. Right. He, so what he does is he tracks California into Texas. Right. So, okay. It's the Israelites. Get out of Egypt, but you got to get the Egypt out of them. Exactly. Yeah. We've had a number of Californians um, immigrating to, to Boise, for example, and Boise is now more purple than red. Mm-hmm. I, Idaho used to be a red, red, red state. Mm-hmm. But now, because of all the Californians, it, there's, there's some foolishness going on in the city government in mm-hmm. Boise. All right. So, um, if, and the same thing is going on in Texas or in certain places in Texas, where Mm -hmm. it's a lot more touch and go than it used to be. One of the things that you could do is uh, return and have as a goal strengthen uh, teaching Californians where where all the foolishness that they fled originated. Right. Where did it come from? How did it start? When did California go crazy? Mm -hmm. And are you helping Texas go crazy in the same way? Right. Right. Yep. Really helpful. Uh, so what, what do you think about that, though? What would you say to a Christian in terms of choosing a place? Should Christians prioritize purple over let's flee all the way to red in the sense of like strengthen that which remains and is about to die? Do you think there's again? I, I've, yeah. Yes, I think that Christians should prioritize purple, everything else being equal. OK, right. Yeah, of course. Where does my family live? Where can I get a job? Correct. So um, you've got other factors that 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 uh, apply to this. But if everything else is equal and you feel called to engage, you want to go to the part of the battle where the the, the consequences or the results of the battle are still up in the air. Mm-hmm. California's right. lost. Exactly. Right? Yep. California's lost. South Dakota is not yet being contested. Mm. Okay. Yep. Houston, Houston is a battle zone. Right. Right. Yep. Austin is lost, but place Houston, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, that, that's helpful. Uh, so th- that being said, it just kind of sp- sparking a thought. Um, I mean, so all things being equal. So of course there, there are reasons to, to, to live in any state. And I think family being a big one. Um, so, so for me, the biggest thing that uh, you really challenged me with uh, when we had breakfast back in, I think it was February, 
together was just um, being a four generation man. Like what biblical masculinity? What does it mean to be a man? He takes responsibility for others, uh, provision, protection, those kinds of things, and thinking four generations deep. Uh, the the command to obey your father and mother um, may be temporary, but the command to honor thy father and mother is um, lifelong. And so I'm thinking about my parents, grandma and grandpa now to my children. I'm thinking about my wife. I'm thinking about my kids. And then a good man, and I strive to be a good man, uh, lays up an inheritance for his children's children. So I'm thinking parents, wife, kids, grandkids, four generations deep. And um, and it's like, well, the Bible's not about money. It's not about, you know, but... Uh, but but when you just draw out the practical implications of all the commands that Christ gives to us uh, through his word, um, it's a lot of work. Being a man, I mean, you're going to have to do a lot of work. I got to provide for my wife. I want to care for my aging parents. I want to <laughs> I want to provide for my children and their children, all these kind of things. And, and so I was just thinking, I don't, I don't know how to do that in California. California uh, penalizes hard work and rewards laziness. And so it's going to be really hard to be the Christian man that I feel like Christ calls me to be. Um, all that being said, um, I think the biggest thing for me to let go of that was so hard was just this, this missionary mind. It just felt like quitting. It felt like failure. And so it really, really hard. Um, COVID-19 helped and just the Lord providentially, you know, uh, from the time that you and I talked, it wasn't that long ago, but you know, a lot has happened since. And so part of, part of me for, is, is okay. Retreating back to a place where we'll have deeper wells, deeper reserves. And I can actually maybe do more for California than I can as I'm presently here that you said that that's really helpful for me. I agree with that. Um, but here's my question. Do you, do you think there's a way like the broad way I can ask the question is what do you think is the best strategy for Christians to win California to Christ? And I'll, I'll just show my hand here. I feel like I think of the prodigal son. I think like one of the worst things that could have happened for the prodigal is what, because he came to his senses at the end of the bottom of the barrel, the end of the rope. And, and I'm thinking, man, it's, it almost seems like one of the worst things that could have happened for the prodigal when right before he starts longing to eat the pods that, you know, that were being used to feed the pigs in a far distant land. And it, it, it seems like one of the worst things that could have happened is a member of his father's household coming and finding him and giving him a handout. And so part of me, and maybe this is just too, too general, too blanket statement, maybe not sympathetic enough. But part of me just feels like one of the best things that Christians could do for California is stop propping it up and like the prodigal son, exit California and then send our grandchildren back in once it's imploded and take over the land. What is, am, am I being harsh? Am I, what do you think? No, I think, I think that you're thinking like a general there. And I think that that's, I think that that's reasonable. So I would back up to one of the first comments I made. Let's say, okay. um, Let's say you've got friends that don't go with you back to right. Texas, Lots. and they're faith, they're faithful Christians. They're fighting the good fight. I wouldn't hesitate to get them resources at all because okay. they're not the prodigal son. That's right. If, That's good. Uh, right. They're they're on a mission, and yeah, get them, send them help. It's a frontier mission. If you've got acquaintances that use more than half suspect didn't leave California because like Demas, they were in love with the world. Yeah. They're, they're still dazzled by the bright lights. Mm -hmm. Then I would just let it, let it crash. Right. Let them get to the point of the prodigal son because that person is the prodigal son, but there might right. be a faithful, a faithful Christian who remains, mm -hmm. who needs all your prayers and all your support and everything you can muster to send to him. Mm -hmm. Really helpful. Yep. That's really good. Um, 
Okay, so this is what we typically do, uh, Pastor Doug, on, on the show. We, we usually kind of wrap up the episode, and then if our guest uh, has the time, we love to keep them on for an additional 15 minutes for a bonus question. And so kind of uh, even modeling some of that strategy off of cross-politic, Gabe Wrench has been really helpful, and he's actually on our board with Right Response Ministries, and so he's been helpful with strategy and things like that. And so we have our, you know, our bonus content for our club members, we call them responders. And so anybody who's listening right now, uh, if you haven't become a responder, we encourage you to do so. And Doug, would you have 15 more minutes to answer a bonus question for us? Okay, so just to whet the appetite before we close this episode, here's kind of the bonus question. Um, in three sentences, uh, long-winded preacher here. So there seem to be several new dividing lines forming in evangelicalism. Uh, thinking of, you know, we've got the old dividing lines, complementarianism, cessationism versus continuationism, Calvinism versus Arminianism, all those kinds of things. And those lines have been drawn for a while. But now all of a sudden we've got CRT, intersectionality, uh, differing responses to COVID-19, mask, no mask, socialism uh, versus capitalism, soft complementarianism, which I, I don't even really, feels like a like jumbo shrimp, like a oxymoron, but soft complementarianism, all these different things, new, at least seemingly new dividing lines. So in the same way uh, that people who have lived in California, like we've been talking about for several years and maybe it's always been in the back of their mind, but they're now getting real serious about, I think I'm going to pull the trigger and leave. Uh, it seems like in my conversations with people, people who have been a part of the same local church for several years, they're not your, your chronic church hoppers. They've been faithful in a local church, all of a sudden are considering leaving their church because their church that they thought was conservative for the last 10 years, all of a sudden their pastor's recommending white fragility uh, by D'Angelo or, or something like that. So how do you think with these new lines being drawn in the sand, right? Because of the resurgence with Calvinism and, and reformed doctrine, it was, it was getting people to cross a line, to come over uh, to this side. And guys like you and Piper and MacArthur and all these guys were helpful with that. But now it seems like there's new lines being drawn. And it seems like there's not just musical chairs with uh, what state am I going to live in, in the union, uh, but musical chairs with churches. Longtime faithful members are changing churches. And so my question is, um, do you think that's true? And, and if so, how, how is this going to play out for evangelicalism at large over the next two, three, four, five years, even just, just a few years? What is your prediction of what's going to happen? And in general, is this a good thing or a bad thing? So that's our bonus question. Doug's going to come right back on and give us another 10, 15 minutes of his thoughts. And that'll be a wrap. So thank you guys for listening. And Doug, thank you so much for uh, coming on. I, I'm so blessed by your ministry. And could you tell our listeners real quick how they could follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Okay, probably the best clearinghouse is uh, dougwills.com, D-O-U-G-W-I-L-S.com. And you can pretty much get to anything I do from there. Great. Thank you, uh, Pastor Doug. You uh, have been a blessing to me and a blessing to a lot of people in our church here in San Diego. So thanks. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com slash offer. And thank you for your generous support.